Well, we've been doing this series um, called Be Real, and we've been talking about what it means to be, you know, authentic in our faith and in our walk with God. Um, the th real things that we struggle with and face as people who try to follow Jesus. And so this morning, uh, we're going to talk about something else, uh, another part of that. This will be the last uh, message in that series. But, you know, you hear a lot in church and in Christian circles and all this other stuff. You hear a lot of talk about purity and about being pure of heart. And, what, and um, so I just want to read to you from James. And we want to talk about what that really means because there's a misunderstanding, I think, about that. But in James chapter 4, which is one verse, verse 8, Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. So purify your hearts, James says. And I think we have a hard time with that because our definition of purity and the biblical definition of purity are not the same. And so often when we're talking about being a pure of heart, it's, it's not what the scripture is talking about. In the words of the great um, theologian Inigo Montoya, I don't think that word means what you think it means. Uh, it, it means something different. Um, so, so let's kind of get a, a, an idea of this by looking at um, uh, a standard of purity. Uh, you know that the FDA, our government, Food and Drug Administration, wants to make sure that our food is pure. And so they have definitions of purity for the food that, that you know, before it can be sold to consumers, it has to meet these definitions. And so I thought it would be fun this morning to look at some of these. These, um, keep in mind, these are the actual purity standards the FDA uses to regulate our food. Okay, apple butter. You like apple butter? Yeah. Well, you'll be happy to know that if the mold count is 12% or more, if it averages four rodent hairs per 100 grams or more, if it averages five or more whole insects, not counting mites, aphids, or scale insects, per 100 grams, then the FDA will pull it from the shelf. Of course, if there are only three rodent hairs per 100 grams, it, it goes on your toast. So, Coffee beans. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to be painful for some of you. Coffee beans will be withdrawn from the market if an average of 10% or more are insect infested or if there is one live insect in two or more immediate containers. This is fun, isn't it? <laughs> Fig paste. If there are more than 13 insect heads per 100 grams of fig paste in each of two or more subsamples, then it, the whole batch is tossed. Okay, there's one more. Hot dogs. You really don't want to know. So now that no one is in a hurry for lunch, uh, we'll, we'll just take our time. Uh, we want our food to be pure. And by that we mean we want it to be just whatever the food is. No extra ingredients, no additives, whether intentional or not, we want our food to be pure, meaning nothing else but that food. You see, that's what purity really means. It means one thing. 
Something is pure if it's one thing. Um, it, it's one thing and not a lot of different things. It's one thing, and that's what makes it pure. That's why James writes that the cause of lack of purity is double-mindedness. So he says, you know, our sin must be washed away and our hearts made pure by a singularity for God. Now, we tend to think the opposite of purity is dirty or unclean. But the truth is the opposite of purity is duplicity. It's being divided into many things. That's the opposite of it. You know, Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and everything else will be added to it. Purity, single focus on the kingdom of God. And in the first chapter of the book of James, he writes um, that the person who struggles with faith and is tossed about like waves is the person who is double-minded. Again, that word duplicity, the person who's double-minded. So, uh, and then here, you know, wash your hands, you sinners, purify your hearts, you double-minded. So, so double-minded is the opposite of purity because it means to be focused on more than one thing, but to be scattered on all these other things. So pure devotion is to be devoted to one thing. And purity before God is to be singularly focused on God. I'm going to say that again. Purity before God is to be singularly focused on God. Soren Kierkegaard, who's a Danish uh, philosopher and theologian, he wrote a book, and the title of the book is Purity of Heart is to Will One Thing. Because he, he understood this exactly. To be pure is to will one thing. Um, there's an old movie, it's, it's really old now, called City Slickers. Have y'all seen that? Yeah, with uh, Billy Crystal plays a guy named Mitch who's having a midlife crisis. And so he goes to this dude ranch uh, where they're going to herd cattle. And then there's this uh, leathery old cowboy uh, played by Jack Parlance, uh, whose name is Curly. And while they're out on the trail, you know, they get into this conversation. And, uh, you know, Mitch asks Curly, you know, you seem to be a happy person. You seem to have peace. What is your secret? And he says, it's this. It's one thing. You have to know what the one thing is that's most important in your life. And when you know that, you find peace. Now, I find it interesting that James and Curly agree because James says the same thing. The secret to life is one thing. It's having your life focused on one thing, and that one thing is God. To be focused on God, to have God as the priority in our lives. But see, this, this is our problem because we live with such duplicity in our lives. John Ortberg wrote, the capacity of the human being for duplicity is staggering. And he's, he's right. You know, a few years ago, the Me Too movement uncovered a lot of this duplicity. Hollywood producers and network executives from CBS, PBS, Fox News, all had to resign, not because they were accused, but because they were guilty of sexual harassment. And these were men who were respected in their profession, but when no one was looking, they acted in a different way 
than they acted when they were in front of people. They behaved completely differently. And it goes on all the time. It's duplicity. And unfortunately, it's true of pastors and priests who live one life in public and another life in private. It's duplicity. Um, you know, there's the guy that comes to church every Sunday, he's married, has a family, sings in the choir, goes to Bible study, and is carrying on an affair with another married woman in the church all at the same time. It's this duplicity. That we, 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 all these different things. And, and the problem is the, the capacity of human beings for duplicity is truly staggering. I, I saw this years ago. My youth uh, pastor uh, gave this little example, and I have never forgotten it. It stuck with me, so I'm going to share it with you this morning. Uh, these three chairs, somebody in the first service, I had them on the stage up there, uh, the first service, and um, someone told me they were so glad when I got to this part of the sermon because they'd been worried the whole service who was going to sit in those chairs. So I'm not going to call anybody up or anything, but um, imagine uh, the person sitting in this chair is a person who just loves God more than anything else in her life. And every day she gets up and her desire is to please God. Her prayer is never asking God for stuff. Her prayer is always, God, what can I do? She's totally focused on trying to please God. That, that's the person who sits in this chair. Now, the person who sits all the way down here in this chair is the opposite. Um, he, he isn't interested at all in God. Uh, he, all he cares about is that he has a good day, and he's going to do whatever he can do to make his life better. And he wants to experience pleasure and have fun, and that's all he cares about. And then you got the person in the middle who is torn. Because this person in the middle wants to please God, and they know that that would make their life better, and they want to do the things that God would have them do, but ah, they also want to do these other things that are just for them, things that they know really God isn't. Uh, real, real, you know, isn't real, uh, isn't a part of really doing what God wants them to do, and 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 so they're they're torn, and they go back and forth between trying to you know trying to please God and trying to please other people, please themselves, and they just go back and forth and back and forth. And of these three people, who is the most miserable? <laughs> it's the person in the middle, because that's what duplicity does to us. It's, it steals our peace, and, and it steals our ability to enjoy because we're focused on too many different things. And James and, and Jesus, throughout the scriptures, it says that purity of heart is to be singularly focused with our focus on God. Um, so it's how do we do that? Um, you know, when we started this series a few weeks ago, Pastor Pam Use this passage from Romans chapter one, which uh, chapter twelve, which is one of my favorite passages. It says, "Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind." And so we begin by renewing our minds, and that means you know we're careful what we put into our minds, what what we focus on. We fill our minds with things that are good. Um, things that help us move toward God and focus on God and God's kingdom. Uh, of course, the scriptures, you know, are an important thing for that. Um, learning 
more about Jesus helps us become more like Jesus. And, you know, as I always tell you, the, the purpose of reading the Bible is not Bible knowledge. The purpose of reading the Bible is, is to be brought closer to God and be more like Jesus. So we fill our minds with, with these kinds of things. And, and sometimes, you know, James said, cleanse your mind. And um, sometimes we cleanse our minds with the scripture because it can be a little painful because you read some things in here and you're like, oh, wow, that's not what I'm doing. <laughs> or that's not how I feel about things. And, and, and then we have to change. And sometimes the cleanser stings a little bit. But our minds are washed, our hands become clean, and our motives become pure. And God is the one thing that we focus on that, that is the most important thing in our lives. And then our struggle with duplicity diminishes. Um, you know, this is something that everybody struggles with. And, and when we read um, about the, the people of Israel, in all those times where they, uh, you know, it's all the times they struggled and they, they worshiped idols, we, we get the impression that they turned their back on God completely and worshiped these idols. That never happened. It never happened in Israel's history. There were times when they worshiped just God, and then there were times when they worshiped God and idols. They always had God in there, but sometimes God was just one of the many. Uh, you know, they were covering all their bases. And that, that's our struggle, is we love God, and God is important to us, but God is just one of the things out of many that's important to us. And so God just gets mixed in the bunch. Purity of heart is one thing. It's when we are the same person in private that we are in public. It is when our love for God is the same when we're praying as it is when we're interacting with friends. That God is what's important in our lives. G.K. Chesterton, a well-known Christian author, was asked once, if you were stranded on a deserted island and you had only one book to read, what would it be? And because he's a Christian, everyone thought he would say the Bible. But G.K. Chesterton answered, if I were stranded on a deserted island and could only have one book, it would be Thomas's Guide to Practical Shipbuilding. <laughs> Which is a pretty good choice. But for most of us, this is a really good book <laughs> to read to help us with our duplicity, to help us to stay focused on, on God and making God important in our lives and not just one of a hundred other things that we deal with whenever we get a chance. And, and so purity, I mean, most of us probably came in here thinking purity, the opposite of purity is dirty or unclean. It's not. The opposite of purity is duplicity. It's being divided. And when we're divided, we, we lose the peace that God wants us to have. And so this morning, you know, we achieve purity in our lives by being just one person. The same person in public, the same person in private, the same person with people who know us, the same person with people who don't know us. We're just one thing. And that one thing is focused on trying to honor God with our lives. Martin Luther said, whatever your heart clings to and confides in, that's really your God, your functional Savior. And then as Jesus reminded us, you can't serve two masters. 
The duplicity eventually robs us of the the peace and the, the comfort and the things that the scripture talks about. So today it's an encouragement and I think a challenge to each of us to make God the important thing in our lives. God's not just one of 15 important things, but when we focus, purity of heart is one thing, and that's the most important thing in our lives. And I hope that all of us will find that purity of heart. Amen.